If you guys are turning in your Bible, you can turn to Romans chapter 12. We'll be looking at verses 1 and 2. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I'm the guy that was doing the games and stuff before, and for you guys that don't know me, my name is Steve, um, or I guess as the kids are growing up, they call me Mr. Steve sometimes. Uh, so, as you're wondering, you probably noticed, I, I figured out every day I've been here, I wore this, these shirts, you know, Sterling Tackle, and that's like our family business, named after my oldest son, Sterling, if he's your leader. And... Um, yeah, so what it is, is people go, oh, fishing, you know, tying little hooks and stuff like that. But it, it's kind of like that, although it's, it's, um, it's for bigger fish. Like we build these lures, they're trolling lures for catching tuna. So I don't know if you've seen uh, on TV that show Wicked Tuna. And sometimes we catch tuna that big, but not on our tackle, but not regularly. Usually they're just, you know, like this big instead of this big, Right. So one of the things that happens is, though, when we, go, we get to go out tuna fishing sometimes and we catch one, and, you know, of course, it's not, a, not, not too pretty seen. I don't know if you've seen it, but as the fish is coming up to the boat, it's not like a little fish where you just kind of reel and pull them in the boat. Um, it's a bigger fish, and you have to use what's called a gaff, and you, you gaff the fish and, and then bring them in the boat. You know, a, a, you know what a gaff is? It's like a big hook. It's just a mean hook, and you just lay it right into their body, try to get them up by the head so you don't hurt any of that good meat. I'm just giving you the, the real, don't worry, it gets a little more graphic. So, so you get him in the boat, and of course now this fish is in the boat, and guess what? He doesn't want to be there, right? He gets it. He's not in his domain. And one of the first things we do is we take, um, with tuna, you're, you're always trying to preserve the meat. It's like a real specialized meat. So we grab, we keep a knife nearby, we grab a knife now that tuna's in the boat, and right be behind his pectoral fin is a main vein that runs down through there. So you take a knife and you just run it right into the, to him right there. And then the blood comes like flowing out and, you know, it'll fill up a little bit. You can kind of get that scene. Well, one time I remember, so we were bleeding, you know, fish, or I don't know, it was two fish. Sometimes they come multiples and there was, there was some. And I grabbed the knife and I go like this to hit this fish. And I'm like right there. All of a sudden it freaks out. This happens too. And, and you know, because they just... They're strong and they got tails and he just starts kicking like crazy, hits the knife out of my hand like this. And I'm like, whoa, you know, it hit my hand and it goes flying up in the air and like 15 feet out in the water, it drops in the water. And I'm like, whew, I wasn't really upset that we lost the knife because that happens, right? But I'm thinking, dang, what if I'm going like this and he whap, boom, and sticks me with the knife, you know? So then I, I was like, it was just one of those times when you're out there, you know, because usually you're like 80 miles offshore, and I'm going, I didn't, really didn't want that knife sticking in my neck or my face like that. So that's the story, all to get to this one point, okay? <laughs> yeah, is a fish, a fish out of water is not in his domain, and he is not free. He is most free when he is in his domain, when he is in his element that he was made to be in, the water, that's where he was made to thrive and to live. When he's out of water, he's not doing that and he's meeting his end. And actually, Hudson, did you get those pictures? Were you able to do that? The first one was pictures of fish out of water. So sorry, we're having, I, I, I was late in asking about those. But, but if we can get to that, that'd be great. 
Okay, so we're going to get back to the fish picture to give you a little idea. So let's do a little review. Um, this week we're talking about set free and what it means to be set free and how common it is for us to think. I remember, you know, vividly when I was young and, and, and growing up, it always felt like things were restricting me, whether it was my conscience or people told me don't do this, do that, do that. And we have desires inside of us that want things. And I always thought, man, if I could just do what I want, my desires, right, I would be free. But if you've noticed, there's been a theme going on here, right, is that that's not freedom to do what you want in your desires. Because the Bible tells us this tale, okay, about all the universe and how we were made, that our desires are delusional. That was the word that John used. Or they're deceitful, like Paul used. We're being tricked by them. They're lying to us, okay? It's all found in the grand story. Without this book, we would be lost because of our deception. But in this book, right here, it tells us all about, all about the universe, how it was made, where we came from, where all the things we see and interact came from, where all the invisible things came from that we cannot see and understand. And it also tells us what our purpose was and what we're to do. And it also tells us where we went terribly wrong and why we see what we see today. And it tells us the way to be free. Let me read it. Just a summary. In the beginning, God, made, God created the heavens and the earth. Life was paradise. It was very good. God is with man, and all was very, very well. Notice, God was with us. There was a tragic and catastrophic fall of the human race. The curse of sin entered and has deceived us and trapped us and polluted every area of life. Man would now experience a living death. Life would be polluted with misery, frustration, loneliness, hurt, worry, emptiness, fighting, divorce, discontentment, boasting, envy, laziness, bitterness, anger. Does this list seem endless? It could go on for a hundred words. Oppression, injustice, all the while aging our way to a slow, disfiguring death as we return to the dust. That is not paradise. That is our problem. But God, who overflows with love, would become a human to suffer and pay the ultimate price to set man free from this dominating curse of sin and death. Now let me just say one thing there. I get it that God has left enough beauty in this world that like every moment of every day, you're not walking around going, ugh, this is miserable, okay? But 
And even when you're out, if you're at the boardwalk or the beach or wherever and you're around people and you're going, ah, they seem happy, I'm in Wawa, everyone's kind of half smiling and everything like that. But what about the inside? What about when they're alone? They're no different than you. Did you ever have questions? Did you ever feel lonely? Did you ever wonder why you are here? Where did we come from? Where are we going? There's a lot of answers offered out there. They're not real good. Here's the good ones. Here's the good ones. It's hard to understand. I get it. You flip it open and start reading, you're like, I'm reading a different language. Talking about crosses and freedom and all that stuff. Stay at it. And yeah, that's part of the problem. Sin makes our minds messed up. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is gonna be a little bit of a theme here. Ask God to reveal it to you. But you have to admit, you don't know. You can't sit there all haughty and act like, yeah, man, I got this down. I'm figuring out life. No, you don't. That's the admission to God. I don't know, God. I don't know. Help me. I can't see. I can't think right. I follow the wrong desires. They look good, but then they hurt me. They leave me miserable and empty and lonely. But you were meant to live with God. Did we get that fish picture? Oh, we got a fish picture. There they are. There's a fish not in his element. Does he look like he's having a good time? Maybe it was a husband and wife fish. Somehow we got to get off that joke part here. They are dying. They are suffering, they are still alive, but they are experiencing a living death because they're not in their domain. And that's the same as we live. When we are not in this communal relationship, that's the word, Daniel, with God throughout the day, not just in the beginning of the day, oh, let me read my Bible, oh, please, 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 and then boom, you're on the rest of your day trying as hard as you can. He has more than that. He wants to walk with you. He wants to interact with you all the day long. Let's go to our text. Romans chapter 12. Let me pray first, please. Father, we thank you for your word. We would be lost, really lost. We thank you for it. We ask that you make it real, that you would open our minds that we would see you for your beautiful self. Help us today. Amen. Paul's the writer of this book. And... Oh, sorry. I'll stay with it. Feels like it's real high. Yeah. Um, Paul's the writer of this book, and he's writing to Christians. So he's written now 11 chapters, and he lays out this... Uh, grand theme of what God has done in the truth for these people to believe. And it can be quite complicated in things. And then he gets to this part, and that's what the therefore, he says, I appeal to you therefore. I just told you 11 chapters of what I'm going to say right now, and this is what we're leading to. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. He shows that, remember that story I just told you, of that overarching story, that grand story? that God has shown great mercy because not one of us 
should be saved. We should have all be let go. As Adam and Eve made that decision for us, and then it was transposed down to all of us and passed down to all people, we should be let go under justice. Let go. Have your own way. Everyone should go to hell. Then he would be just. But he is full of love. And that's what it says here, by the mercies of God. That's what mercy is. Mercy is when you deserve something, but you get something much better. And that's what he's giving. By the mercies of God. And here's our response to him and with him. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You know, years, you know, in the models, even in the Bible, and man has it deeply inside of him. Often man is, is killing something and offering it to God, which is a sacrifice, right? Although now we don't kill anymore because our Savior was killed. They were just images. They were just images to point to him. That, that that would be a death penalty. And now our spiritual worship to God, our sacrifice to him, is we are living sacrifices. It's us. But it's not this drudgery. Remember, it's as it should be. It's where life really is found. In living with our God. Verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. All right, we're going to take a closer look at do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So the mind, what is the mind? I actually had to look it up because I tend to thought it's your mind is you that just thinks, right? But it's more than that. So here's the definition. The part of us that reasons, so now there's reasoning, thinks, that's what I thought it was, feels, wills, perceives, and judges. So that's pretty much all that we have inside of us. That, that, that's the whole package, you know what I mean? What you're feeling, what you're willing, what you're perceiving, that's your mind that he's saying here. And what he's saying is we have this conforming mind that's our natural mind, and we're actually going to start, the Bible uses different words. It calls it your flesh um, or your sin nature, okay? That's the mind that you're born with, okay? Then if you're a Christian, and this is what Christianity is, is that God, through the teaching of the truth of his word, has made this real to some people. And they've said, oh my, this is real, this is true. And I'm going to have a transformed mind now. I'm not going to think like I did and try to live away from God. I'm going to live with God in his way that is the way. Okay, do we have another, the next picture? Yeah. Okay. So don't turn there. But this is, this, is from, um, this is from Galatians, and this is, we're going to break this down just a little bit here. Uh, first, so something that Paul offers also in Romans is that why, why not be conformed to this world? We've kind of said a little bit that we weren't really, really made to be that way. But just to reiterate, li listen to way, the way Paul puts it here. For to set the mind... On the sin nature, that's the one you're born with. To set your mind. In other words, if you're just going with flow, 
you're going to think like everyone else. Dan used the example is that culture is always training us. So we have this mind, and then it's shaped by what we see on TV and the way we interact with people. What they think is cool, we think is cool. What the TV says is, um, like if you just watch an old classic movie. I, I remember watching all the way through this movie. It was a Western movie. And it got to the end, and, and the, the, the main character had been, had been wronged, you know, and then basically he killed everybody in the whole town. And he was the hero. You see, that's the mind of the world. Now, what's wrong with that story? He's taken revenge. And you're like, well, that's a good virtue, isn't it? If someone gets you, you've got to get even. Do you believe that? See, if you do, you've been deceived. It's wrong. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Our job, forgive. You see? But there, that's just one movie, and it just plays through, and then I'm, I'm, I'm just going on my way going, yeah, don't wrong me, man. I just don't like you, you know? I'm going to get you. Oh, I don't get mad. I get even. That's just one example. But our whole mind is messed up. That's why we need, there's just like, well, so it's 1,000 pages of small print and 3,000 pages of regular, probably novel-sized print. That's why we need that much. Okay, so let's take a look at this. So he says, for the mind set on the flesh or on the sin nature is death, but, the, but to set the mind on the spirit, that's what we're going to start to contrast here. You see on two sides, when someone is saved and they've received a new nature and they've come alive, we say phrases like that. Now they're in a relationship with God and the spirit has different fruit. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. That's what we want. I don't know about you, but I really do want a life that is thriving and is a true life. I don't want a miserable life. I don't want to drive from one place to another and be lonely and aggravated. I want to be invigorated and in a relationship with God. But there's one thing that the Bible's saying is, if you're going to live in the sin nature, and that's not even, the last thing it says is, and things like these, it's so broad the list to live like the world lives, then you're just going to continue to have the same experience of not knowing who you are, why you're here, which is to love and to serve God. In Galatians, he says this, Galatians 5, but I say, Paul says to them, this is Paul, same writer, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's the answer. You know, we keep doing this. We keep going, uh, even if God will impress on you, and maybe he's speaking to some of you now, and he's impressing on you that I love you and I have a way for you to live. And then I did this and I still fall into this rut. We read these things going, oh, okay, what do I got to do now? What do I got to do now? And it says, uh, don't lie. Let's just pick an easy one or don't steal. You know, I got to pick a harder one. Yeah, let's go with don't lie. And... So then you're, you want to go about your day, and you, you just want to live by yourself. You're going, okay, I just can't lie, I can't lie, you know, and, and, or cheat or whatever. And we tend to exaggerate and do all those things all the time. And we tend to just buckle down and try to do that the best we can with all of our might, because you can do it. Well, nope. We can't do it. We cannot. That nature on that side will not do it. It is the spirit that will do it, and that is a relationship, and it is with you. Jesus said, apart from me, in other words, apart from me, so it's just apart from me, I'm going to bear down and do this. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
So we're always with him. We're always calling on him. We're always talking to him in that way. So he, that's where he said, walk by the Spirit. There's that walking togetherness. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now this is important. The desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. The desires of that old nature, the sin nature, are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. See, even, you know, Paul used this expression too, is that he calls it the law of sin and death. And then he calls it the law of the spirit of life. Now, have you guys heard like of the law of gravity? You know what that is? It's something you can't see, but it is having an effect all through this room. Every one of you is tight to the floor because of the law of gravity. If it were to shut off, you would begin to float around, okay? The law of gravity is working. All right, so he's actually saying here that there's laws going on, things we can't see. The law of sin and death and the law of spirit of life. That's what we're contrasting here. Continuing in Galatians. Now the works of the flesh, this is what's on the board, this part right here. The works of the flesh or the sin nature are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, this is, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you want to say the Bible's narrow about that, the Bible's very narrow about that. If you want to live your life all the way through, this is your warning. You may be just kind of coming in here going, oh, this is a nice, nice people at Christian summer camp, and it's true, probably, mostly. Okay? That's not primarily what we're about. It's about knowing God and being warned. If you think you've you got a life ahead of you, man, you're going to go out and you're going to be all bad about it. You know, and it's going to not include God, and you got some money to make, and you got some girls to chase, or vice versa, or whatever all that is. It's not going to work. Be warned. Be warned. God has a better, better, much better structure. Okay. So, little summary. On that list, and notice the last thing it says is, and things like these, as I said, Always, that's the way the sin nature, and that list could be a hundred long. You just put on there whatever you want. I don't want to get into dissecting sin. However, let me say this, is that one of the saddest things is, is that when we don't, aren't studious enough about this, and this is where asking God comes into, is ask God to show you what the sins that you can't see. They're, they're attitudes, you know. Sometimes we just say, oh, he or she has a tood. Well, when you have a tood, that's probably not a virtue. You know what I'm saying? That's time to go, God, I don't even know what this is. It's been, well, actually, here, let me give you a quick story about myself. It's been one of the revolutionary things recently that God's been showing me is, no matter what it is, if I find myself and I have to describe myself as miserable, lonely, frustrated, you know, inside, all those things, and then I, I just say, Holy Spirit, talk to me. I, I, and I start and I go, I'm this, I'm this, I just thought that. I'm thinking this, would you help me? Would you help me? That's what he's, that's what he's there for. We're going to see more of it. Okay, little summary. 
The world-conforming mind tries to live on its own thoughts, desires, wisdom without close connection and relation to God. The spirit-transformed mind, these are all phrases from the Bible, walks in the spirit, is led by the spirit, lives by the spirit, keeps in step with the spirit, and has fellowship with the spirit. Does this seem one-sided and slanted? It is. I love this theme. I hear in these other uh, men teach, um, it just almost, it just showed me so clearly too that, that God is God and how they were all bringing in the spirit was actually pressing on them. And I don't know if you know this, but I was talking to Paul and, and uh, some of the guys, they put hours and hours into this so that they can stand here and share with you. I, I, I wish, I, I, I just wish you could, you could see, and it just, I appreciated that. Paul said he probably spent 30 hours on this, and, and I was asking him the question because I had spent so long, and I still feel so uh, inferior um, in this position. So, okay. So, we're talking about being in your element. We're talking about where we thrive. We're going to thrive more in that life in the spirit. Um, and, we're, and we're saying how, how all of this, you know, is lived out that way. Now, here's a couple important things. Feeding the spirit relationship. Let's take another. Let's go to the next picture. Feeding the spirit relationship. So check those guys out, huh? Yeah. So did you ever hear the story? About the fighting dogs, there's this old man, and uh, he's got one of these fighting, you know, I don't know if you know this, that's like an illegal thing, you know, in America, they have these dog fighting arenas, and they're usually out in the redneck woods, and you go out there, and you gamble on which dog's going to win. Did you guys know that? Oh, okay. Just checking. Well, if you didn't, now you do. So, so they fight the dogs, and this, this, um, they started to notice that this one old guy, he's actually the caretaker there. He's like going, no, nah, the brown one's going to win, you know. And they, they'd fight, and then the brown one would win. And the next time he's like, nah, it's the black one with the white spots. And then that one would win. And finally they go, dang, man, how are you picking all these dog fights like that? And he goes, it's simple. The one I feed the day of the fight and the one I don't feed the one I feed always wins, and the one I don't feed, the starving dog always loses. So, connect that with your spiritual life. Remember we have opposing forces? We have opposing forces in it. We must feed the spirit. We must feed that spirit relationship. And, and here's, I'm going I'm to get to a little bit later on, on how we can do that naturally, but just even, I kind of this is a paraphrase of something Paul said. For the one, meaning the person who feeds to his own sin nature, will from that sin nature grow corruption. You see, so if we want to go, there's this other thing, like if you're a Christian, and, and, and there's a saying like, if you're not paddling, you ever see those little kayaks everyone's going around in now? If you're not paddling, you're drifting meaning you're drifting away from that relationship. So part of us is always on this. Part of this is always working at this, okay? But we need to feed into that. But the one who feeds the Spirit will from the Spirit grow eternal life. See the way that works? Now another one, back in our text in, uh, in Romans 12 and in 
chapter 2, he said, so that we may be testing and discerning. Let's throw up that next picture. Testing and discerning. I love the way these pictures came out. I, I thought when they were going to put them up that they might be all of a sudden like be really small up there, really fuzzy, but they're like perfect. Yeah, that's great, Hudson. Um, so what do you see? Yeah, so what, okay, let me explain it. So what this is supposed to be uh, showing is, you see how the girl on the left, this might all be pretty obvious. See how the girl on the left, yeah, come on, hey, relax. See, I had to correct Hudson, he was giving me funny faces. See, see how the girl on the left, like she seems like all little cute and innocent, you know? And then, and then the guy looks like, he's like that guy you don't want to see walking down the street like late at night. He's, he's that guy. So, and then, but really, in the transposing picture on this side, you see that she is the one that has the axe that's going to, you know, chop you. And then, and then he is the, he's the one with the nice little sweet bouquet of flowers. So things are not as they appear. And we've talked about that deception and that delusional nature, Right? They are not as they appear. You know, there's this, um, uh, uh, do you guys, is, are they still around, this, this band? I used to think this song sounded so cool. You'll see the lyrics aren't the best. Um, this, this band, One Republic, are they still around or is that an old? They are? So they had this song, Counting Stars. Do you guys remember that? It has such a cool sound, man. They, they, they like nailed this. Uh, I remember this guy made this offshore fishing video to that song. It was so cool. They were, catch, they were catching them, and so cool. So counting stars, right? Now here's where the lyrics come in. And, and i got to warn you guys, lyrics, lyrics, it's all about the lyrics, you know. Don't, the cool sound is one thing, but don't let that suck you into this stuff. But it goes to show you that music is communicating too. Here's more of those influences. It's communicating, and it actually gets you to sing along with it. And then it gets deeper and deeper inside of you. And then it's truths, more truths now that you're running your life by, those ones that are in your mind, making up your whole mind. And that's what we're being transformed from. But here's what, listen, listen to this. He's being honest in this song, Okay. But this is, the, this is the deceptive nature of sin, and he's just showing the struggle. He even understands right and wrong. He's not necessarily a Christian. He says this, though, this one verse. I feel something so right doing the wrong thing. And I feel something so wrong doing the right thing. I couldn't lie, couldn't lie, couldn't lie. Everything that kills me makes me feel alive. He's being honest right? There's a reason that we're getting sucked into sin so much. There's a reason. It's like, yeah, baby, you know, we're like, you know, and, and sometimes it's deceptive and slow, and sometimes it's just right out looks great. And then, though, you find out that Peter was right. It's waging war against your soul as you get drawn in. We need to know. We even need the Christian community to help us. In Genesis, it says, sin is crouching at your door and it desires you. That's almost personifying sin. Sin isn't just the lie. It's a power like gravity working. It's the curse. It's in us. It's around us. It's manifesting itself everywhere. Sin is crouching at your door like a lion. It desires to have you, but you must master it. And that's why we're here. Romans 7, Paul said this, when I do right, 
evil lies close at hand. We have to know this, is that even at camp, Christian camp, we're worshiping God three times a day or whatever, all that. I love it. But sin is here too. Your mind is like one thought away from a temptation and then a second thought away from starting down that road. And then perhaps the third thought is when you're engaging in it. It could be something as simple as complaining. The complaint comes to mind. And then you're going, yeah, that's right. And then you're this. And then you're complaining in your mind. Then you're judging the person you're complaining about. See, your mind just went down a sin path. We have to see it and not be deceived by it and kill it. Okay. Let me just hit this fellowship thing real quick. The fellowship of the Spirit. Listen to the new tip. First, fellowship. The relation to being a companion. Friendly relationship, companionship. And we, the Bible says, have the fellowship of the Spirit. But watch what else it says. Well, this is 2 Corinthians talking about the fellowship. 2 Corinthians 13. Finally, Paul's declaration says, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. 1 Corinthians, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship, the companionship of his son. 1 John, if we say we have fellowship with him, we walk, I'm sorry, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, that would be the sin side, we lie and do not practice the truth. 1 John, and indeed the fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. That's all the Trinity's in there now. You, every believer, has complete fellowship. That's what Jesus did. He took away the, all the barriers. He made it so we have complete fellowship all the time with them. That's what we need to be acting on. Okay, some application here. This is what we're free to do. We are free now to receive strength and joy by marveling at God's creation. Here's some natural things. Something in the last few years, God has just transformed me. God made everything. He is here right now, sustaining every molecule in the air, every heart that is beating out here, your mind, every cell in your body, every light and light wave in this room, the sound that's reverberating through this room. He is sustaining it all. He made everything out there, every blade of grass, every property it follows, every tree, the clouds, the atmosphere, everything all the way through the galaxies. And he's holding it together right now by the word of his power. That's God. And we can receive that grace if we will stop. And there's something about it. I can be driving. I can be just walking. I can get out of my truck right there and be walking. And I just start going, oh, wow. You're right here. You're doing this. Oh, man. And I'm a different person. It took five seconds and I want to be that different person. I don't want to keep my head down going, rats and rats and Who wants that life? We want that life interacting with God. We are free now to listen to worship songs and not have to be plugged in understanding what the culture is. I get it if you want to listen to some, find out what the cool song is and hear the cool sound. I, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. But oh man, 
Oh, Christian, if you're, a, if you're not a Christian and this doesn't make sense to you, that's fine. I would, I would just, just invite you, ask God. Say, what are these guys talking about? Please, God, reveal yourself to me. I want to know. Okay? But worship songs, God gave us music. We can plug up now anytime and crank it if you need to. If you need to stop the confusion in your mind or the mayhem in your mind and sing along to your God with those things. And guess what? Five minutes later, you're a different person. You're more moved into the spirit where you were made to live. It's like a fish getting back in the water. You should see them when they hit the water after some of them we got to throw back. They're the happiest thing in the world. Because they didn't die. Soaking in his word. Nowadays we can plug up whether it's preaching, whatever it is, read it. Ask them what it is. Hanging with Christians, every Christian gathering, your small groups, your, your youth groups, everything you can do. Where two or three are present, I am there among them in a unique way. Change your heart. Feed the right dog. It takes time. Oh, but it's worth it. You're free. To ask to be taken out of that group text thread as soon as it goes inappropriate. As soon as it goes inappropriate. We're well aware what goes on in school. It's sad. You're free to take your time in dating. Not playing the dating game. It's not a game, guys. And not having a boyfriend or girlfriend to boost your cool increase your status, gain a sense of identity as like you're nobody if you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend. Don't play that game. Talk to your living God. He has a plan for you. And if you desire a spouse, you ask him. He's so good. You're free to ask for the desire to talk to that kid at school or church who is a little off. Guys, we judge too many people. We want to be like and just chill with people who are like us. They're all created in the image of God. We're free to ask for the desire to help and serve and work around the house regularly. Guys, your parents, they brought you up. They changed so many stinking diapers. It's crazy. How many diapers a day? I don't know. It's been a while. You just add them up. Phew. And then all the other fussing and crying. I don't, don't worry. I did all that too. <laughs> but look, look. You're in your house. You start turning it around. There is great energy. You go, you go and you just ask. I know it's awkward. You never did certain job and you got to do it the first time and you know everything in you the desires are opposing just go ask just say spirit I hate unloading the dishwasher just tell them it's so good to just tell them what stuff is in our minds I hate it I hate it would you strengthen me right now and man I'm telling you you start that you will start this little dynamic of interacting with God and I'm not saying to ever disrespect him or make him little or anything but you start in those little things, shocking. A shocking transformation will happen. And it's a beautiful one too. Free to ask for discipline to do homework. 
You know, I, I hated homework, like despised it. And I wish I was a believer when I was younger. I, I just almost, I feel like that's what a waste of life. What a waste of life. Just ask, what, what, is, what does the Spirit say? You do not have because you do not ask. Ask. We don't ask. We just, we, I swear, we read, going, oh, tell me what I got to do. All right, got the task. Ask. Just ask. All the time. And then thank. And then thank. And then ask. And then thank. It's just a beautiful relationship. You're free to not have bitter feelings toward that kid who hurt you. Guys, do you know the Christian? There's nobody in the world that he hates. No person. You can hate the, what they do, but you don't hate them. You do not hate them. That bitterness is killing you. Let me end with this. So you may be thinking, does God even know me? I get it. That nature is so far away, and it wants God to be far away, and I told you he is right here. That's what that nature wants. That's how we're born. And you can often think, and it feels that way, does God even know me? And then he gave us these words. God formed you. No, I'm sorry. God formed your every feature. He gives this to David, but it's meant for all of us. For you, This is David speaking. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Every feature you have was chosen by God. Everything about you. We often want to look at ourselves and want to change ourselves. But just accept it and talk to him about it. God never stops thinking of you. How precious to me are your thoughts, <clears throat> O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. You know, when I remember read that, maybe it was about five years ago, and shortly thereafter I went to the beach and I grabbed a, a handful of sand and I was looking at it. I'm going... Are you kidding me? That's one handful. I, I don't know. 10,000? His thoughts continually are on you. He is not far. He is not far. God delights and sings over you. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. That's God over you? Yes. Yes. God knows your secret life. When I say that, I mean, you know, especially now with phones and things, everyone kind of gets by themselves and then you have your Every, there's all these little trails, and they often lead you to places that afterwards you wish you never were. And God knows that secret life. He knows every part of it. And all I would say is share it with him and ask. Share it with him. Tell him exactly what you saw. Ask him for help. Ask him. He says this, you know when I sit down, this is David again, and when I rise up, 
You discern my thoughts from afar. The Bible says he even knows your words before they're on your tongue. He knows what's in your mind. He Just share it with him. He knows already. And he cares. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you give us and all that you open up for us. We want you. I pray for everyone in this room that you would continue to open our minds and open our hearts, that you would show us how to live in the spirit and have us desire that, that you would show us clearly what the old nature is and how evil it is. We need your help. In Jesus' name, amen.